What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of SSPN Live, and it is our first edition of SSPN Live, over a thousand. So we have super chats, all that good stuff. I don't even know what else to say, Ethan, but thank you to all the new subscribers that have been here. We're growing at a, at a really fast rate since all the Wemby stuff started. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Ethan, <laughs> that's that's yeah. my opening intro. <laughs> now you said it. You said it best. Thank you so much, everybody, for being in here and for subscribing. This is this is crazy. Yeah, for sure. So obviously, as you guys can tell, we're going to dive into some Spurs lineups with Wemby and how he's going to fit in. What are the potential things that the Spurs could do going into next year? All the different categories that we can think of. I thought of three, two are probably really unlikely, but we'll kind of discuss the likelihood of those and, and all the possibilities, like I was saying. But before we get into that, Victor Wembanyama is in the LNB playoffs right now against Cholet. Mm, so we're, we're, we're Metropolitans 92 till the end, right, Ethan? Absolutely. <laughs> right here in the French League. But he had, a, he had a great playoff debut. There were some struggles that me and Ethan also saw, but you guys can watch all those games free on the NBA app. Like, And that's not just on your phone. Like If you have a Roku or you have a smart TV, which a lot of people do these days, if you just go to the NBA app, you don't even have to create an account. You can just get the app and then watch the games on there for free. Um, so that's really cool. And he had 22 points. 10 boards, five assists, two steals, and two blocks, Ethan. That's just the stat sheet, but what did you see from watching Wemby in the first playoff game that they won? They're up 1-0. I didn't get a chance to watch the first half live. I caught the like little highlight reel that they posted at halftime where he had, like what, 15 points in 16 minutes or something like that and was really getting going in that first half with some crazy highlights, playing exactly how we, we know he can play, uh, being an incredible scorer and a unicorn and all those great things and a shot blocker. And really just an impact player. In the second half, when I started watching the game, um, he continued that, but I think is it Cholet? Is that how you say it? Mm-hmm. I, I believe. Okay, Cholet. They started sending double teams quick, pretty much on pass. So he had a little bit of issues, you know, continuing the dominance as far as scoring the ball. And he showed flashes of like having good instincts at passing out of double teams, but at the same time, it, it felt like to me that sudden um triple double triple team from Cholet kind of got into his head a little bit so he had a little bit of turnover issues and he got off day, balance a lot of times because of the swarming yes because of the swarming which was, led to the turnovers crazy. and like you were exactly. saying that affected exactly him. I think he had what like at one point I know he had six turnovers to his five assists I don't know what he ended up finishing with I don't have the stats that, that's what he ended up finishing with okay so obviously not the best stat in the world but something that he'll hopefully work through, especially with Pop. Pop doesn't really tolerate turnovers, so he'll have to get better at that. And plus, the spacing was kind of messed up um, for Metropolitan to 92. It kind of felt like they were cutting needlessly and and and, and clogging the paint. That's, for no that's just the year, the the French League or the Euro League. You know, that's, that's something that's, that's much more common. I mean, like the final score was 74 to like 64 mm. or something. That's, yeah. that's usually where they range. So I think that's just kind of a, a product of that. We had a guy in our comments a while back on what one of the Victor videos we've made uh, since last Tuesday. Yeah, and and he was just talking about how, like, in the, in the Euro League, obviously this is a different subset because there's so many leagues mm-hmm. in Europe. Like, the Euro League is the big league, like the best one. That's the one Luca played in. That's not what, what Wemby's in. He's just in the French League. It's a part of the Euro League. Uh, that's a whole other conversation that we could get into. But... The main thing is, well, now I'm losing my train of thought because I've rambled on about that. You're just talking about the style of play and the and the physicality and the, and the right. whole. Uh, in all of those leagues, 
it, it, there's that is much more prevalent and yeah. like the scoring is just at a much lower level so in those types of leagues getting 20 is like almost the equivalent of getting 30 or 35 in the nba and in the playoffs so that's the crazy thing right at the end of the day he still had what 22 points and it is his first playoff, playoff game, game i believe yeah and by far and away the best player on the court um so and, and, and the fact that they were sending double teams and triple teams and they still won pretty candidly, I felt, you know, at the end of the game, it wasn't like they didn't have a crazy run or anything like that. They, they, they hung on to the lead and were able to get the dub. So uh, I'm excited. All the issues that I saw were fixable. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then, when, I mean, would you just consider that stat sheet, you know, at, yeah. eight, at 19 years old playing against grown men, you know, in a pretty competitive league, like it's just good to see. So yeah. they play tomorrow at one. Y'all can check that out for sure. And I mean, it's just the same thing whenever it comes to Wemby, really. Yeah. It's, it's going to be very similar to all the highlights you've seen because they're from that same league. Uh, but hopefully he can, you know, pull a, a semi Luca and win the LNB coming in to the NBA while mm. like Luca won the Euro League. So mm. facts, facts. Shout out to our man, Nick. We appreciate you. An SSPN OG. Yay you enjoy the content don't forget to like and subscribe below we appreciate you guys but let's dive into what this thumbnail is ethan we got some lineups me and you made a bunch i'm gonna give you the floor bro uh just talk about just give me what you what you came up with first one i feel like is the most likely scenario it, it doesn't deviate from like the norm all that much uh, so assuming that we re-sign some of these guys that's the caveat but here's my starting lineup we got trey jones at the point Devin, Keldon, Jeremy Sohan, and Victor Wibanyama at center. And then backing them up would be, I mean, you can put Devontae Graham in there, but I would much rather give the minutes to Blake Wesley, especially since he got a majority of his minutes in the G League and had injuries last year. Might as well throw him into the fire. So he's got the backup point for me. Then Malachi, of course. I put Julian Champagny over Doug at the backup three. I feel like he really played his way into some meaningful minutes, and he's young. And, 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 if he's, and if he's playing poorly, then you can just sub Doug in there for him and you don't really lose anything as far as shooting is concerned. Um, back up four, I have Keita Bates-Diop. That could also be Mamu. If we sign Mamu, you were telling me earlier, he's unrestricted, so that's not guaranteed. That's also assuming that we bring back KBD, which mm -hmm. I think that we will. Um, he feels like a, like a lifelong spur in my eyes. Um, yeah, especially with the community assist award he got nominated yeah. for this year. There's just there's a lot of content the Spurs put out with him too. Yes. It just really feels like he and with the way he played this year. I mean, becoming almost. I mean, like his improvements in his three point shot. Not that he yep. was terrible beforehand, but became much more reliable when he was wide open and just as a stretch four, putting the ball on the floor. His length. I've, you know, we, uh, the infamous moment we were talking about. Sometimes he just decides not to dribble. <laughs> puts the ball in the air and euro steps because he's six yeah. eight and he's got a long wingspan so i could go on and on about kbd but i mean just especially with the addition of wemby like he feels like just the perfect backup for agreed agreed and then the backup center spot zach collins and then rounding out the rotation charles bassey and then of course gorgie i don't know if he's on a contract right now he is but not he's not then he might be gone but might I feel be like assistant we, coach baby he could be he could be <laughs> somebody if said we, that in the comments of one of our last videos. oh really yeah <laughs> if we have an open spot i i think maybe we bring him back on a minimum just because for veteran presence but to me that's the most likely scenario that we have next year do you want me to give you my other one as well jude or do you want yes to please okay. yeah go do you just dive into it and then i'll give All you right. mine after perfect so here's another option this is Reliant on the fact that we, we've talked about before, Pop has called Jeremy a natural point guard. 
and he showed glimpses of playmaking last year, even took that point guard role when Trey Jones is hurt early in the season. So we got Jeremy Sohan at the point guard, Devin Vassell, Keldon Johnson, Victor Wembanyama at the four, and then Zach Collins paired along with him in the front court. Um, just kind of offer some extra physicality, not force Wemby to guard some of these bigger centers that he might not be ready for. And then the bench, Trey Jones, Malachi Branham, Julian Champagny, KBD, and Charles Bassey. Um, and then I think Doug, Mamu, Devontae, they're kind of up in the air. I mean, Devontae and Doug obviously are under contract, uh, but I don't think they'll need nearly as many meaningful minutes next year. Devontae, I think really their their minutes just depend on, well, one, what injury. we do this offseason if they're still on the team. But if, the, but if they are on the team, I think that their minutes, literally, they just dep- depend on Champagne and Blake. And yeah. I think that's much more of really a Blake-Devontae conversation. Um, mm. If they yeah. don't feel like he's ready, I could see them saying, hey, Devontae, just run the point, you know, until like December and we're going to stick Blake in the G League again. Um, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that I think that one's much more likely where Champagne and Doug, um, I really think it could just be like, who's hot, man? Because they're, be. they're very like the only thing that Champagne has on Doug is one. He has just much more potential because he was a rookie last season and he's 22 years old. Yeah. Um, and also he's just a better he has a, he's already I, I think you could argue a better defender than Doug. I think so. I um, think so. And, and but other than that, offensively, they're basically the same player. Uh, yep. Literally, like you either score on cuts, wide open layups, or, or taking shots. Um, yep. So you know that are usually catch and shoot. So uh, those guys, I think, can kind of just be interchangeable depending on injury. But I really think I agree with what you said. I think Champagne played into that role and man i saw some highlights i was getting flashbacks from the austin Mm -hmm. game there was specifically like highlights on all of his scoring uh plays from the austin game where he had 26 and and something else super efficient and it just reminded me of that and watching that in person and just seeing all those highlights today it's just like it just reminded me of champagne and he is somebody who is a restricted free agent his qualifying offer is like 1.7 million so that would just be a steal yeah um if we can bring him back on that he and Trey, I think it goes without saying. Trey Jones and Champagne, I'm pretty sure, guaranteed they're coming back next year. Yeah. Pretty sure. Jay June, P. Telford, I appreciate you being in the chat, man. <laughs> I, I see you have a different opinion on Champagne. You say he's garbage, but I, I think, man, you might have tuned out at the end of the year because he had like yeah, he multiple 20 was- point scoring games and just was, I mean, efficient shooting like in people's faces with confidence that's at least what I saw from him from the end of the season you may still differ on that opinion but me and Ethan really like him and feel like the Spurs are going to bring him back agreed agreed yeah but getting into some other lineups Ethan do you have anything else on yours or you want me to dive into mine no not really it would all depend on if we bring a free agent in it might change something but I doubt that we make any moves in that regard to bring anybody in that would have meaningful you know, rotational minutes outside of these guys. Right, right. All right, well, so when it comes to mine, I I really, the more I've thought about this, Ethan, and I know it, I could see it not happening, and I understand how people might be like, why would you think this? But with, once again, with Pop's comments, not just on Sohan saying he's a point guard, but also his comments on Zach Collins at the end of the season, talking mm. about how he feels like he's the future five of the Spurs moving forward. Obviously, yeah. that's before you had Victor Wembanyama, so that's a big asterisk. But I really feel like he likes both of those guys at both of those spots. So mm. my first lineup is Sohan at the point, Devin at the two, Keldon at the three, Wembenyama at the four and Zach at the five. But here's the thing that we didn't really dive into to a second ago when you mentioned that one, Ethan. 
And here's why I'm really convinced that the Spurs would like this and, and why I feel like it's the most likely, at least, and what I would want to happen, just as my opinion. The defensive versatility in this lineup is like, it's so good, dude. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, really, the only, I mean, you can say, if you want to point out the weak points, I mean, it's Keldon and Zach. And we saw, we talked last year all about Zach Collins's defensive improvement, not only on the interior, but also on the perimeter as the season ended. I'm now I'm not saying he's, you know, he's Gary Payton or anything, or that he's even Shaq, you know, on the interior. Like he's gonna still get bullied by some guys, but he's still, you know, someone who can hold his own in the post on the per- and on the perimeter. And I think a yeah. lot of that has to do with just getting more comfortable, you know, under his legs after the injuries, as we've mentioned so many times on this channel. Um, and then of course Keldon, you know, I would argue that he's almost at a better place than Zach defensively and I don't think that like just as an overall like rating you know if you want to rate him defensively there's still some times where he gets beat but he has the frame and he all it really to me when it comes to him it's all stuff like mental stuff on defense or it's either effort or you know just IQ and he's going to be another year better. You know, he's going to be getting those big bucks this year. So I think that's a probably something that they're focusing on in the offseason for him. And, you know, paying him that money, uh, I feel like they we've talked about this a million times, too. But yeah. I feel like they really believe in him to take that next step as well. Yeah, it's one of the only things in his game that's not consistent. So it would make sense that it was something that got better going into next year. Yeah. So, I mean, those are the only two weak points, really, you, you could argue in some cases. And then you've got Wembenyama, who, as we've talked about so many times, I mean, has the ability to to really just block anybody at any time, no matter where he is on the court, if he just closes out. Yeah. Um, uh, the ability is Brian Windhorst talked about to guard the three point line and the rim at the same time. But even if he gets beat and confused, like sometimes there at the minimum, he is just I mean, he has an eight foot wingspan, but the rim protector ability that he has is just ridiculous. I don't even need to talk more about it on that point. But then you've got Sohan and Devin as well. And that's the key thing for for this lineup defensively because those are two guys who like already have a really strong foundation defensively and can lock guys up and get steals and have you know caused problems this year. I mean, we saw it so many times. The, some of the fights that Sohan got in were because of the annoyances he was causing players on defense, you know. So mm-hmm. uh, the not just everybody being at least six six, and you know, then having somebody like Sohan who's six eight at point seven four, and then six eleven. The defensive yeah. versatility in that lineup, I just think, would be uh, it would be pretty. I don't want to over exaggerate by saying it would be scary because I still think the Spurs are going to be sub forty wins next season. But at For the sure. same For time, sure. I think down the line that is a potentially there's a lot of. De- defensive potential there and with all the length in that lineup I mean you're going to be clogging passing lanes a lot it's something to keep an eye on for sure I wouldn't be surprised at all if that's what we rolled out to start the year because we're trying to get back to that defensive identity that we were you know so identified by such a stupid way to say it but you know what I'm trying to say right right we were a defensive team that was yeah to get back to that would make a lot of sense and looking at the comments right now a lot of people are talking about (laughs) Keldon going to the bench or even Jeremy going to the bench. And it's a discussion that might need to happen in the next couple of years. But as of right now, I don't see anybody available. That's a, you know, a a big enough boost over those two guys. Um, in my eyes, Jude, do you see anything like that? Yeah, right I don't. Maybe down the line, that's yeah. what ends, ends up happening. Or maybe if there's like a weird scenario where like, 
you know, there's an injury and like pop feels like it's better for one of them, you know, for the bench yeah. to just have more firepower. But I think definitely both of those guys are going to be in the starting lineup next year for sure. Yeah. At least um, next year. Yeah, like at, I was listening to uh, Tim McMahon's Howdy Partners podcast on YouTube before this. He's, yeah. guy, you know, NBA analyst for ESPN um, and also a Texas native, I'm pretty sure, which I was just realizing with the name and everything. And he had Kirk Goldsberry on. Um, who used to work for the Spurs front office and is a scout as well and also has Texas roots. So that was just kind of cool to like see that podcast. I didn't know it existed. Um, But one of the things they were talking about in there was how Pop, like a conversation he had with Tim, he was comparing Sohan to Ginobili. Like, you know, and not just like in a, a, a style of play sense. That's not at all what he meant. But in his competitive drive and, you know, his fire underneath him to just get better as well and you saw that with the free throw this year and Mm -hmm. and the shooting improvements and and all the I mean that he got it better everywhere and that was the thing that was most exciting about him as a prospect so um man yeah I I mean definitely those two guys Keldon whenever it comes to just his contract that he has and then pop thinking of Sohan that way and him starting for most of this year I think both those guys will be in the starting lineup I agree I agree I'm, I'm just trying to think right now and if if it's a guarantee, Jude, that Wemby's going to play the four, which would mean Zach Collins is playing the five next year, I like Jeremy at the point. I see someone in the comments, Finico, comparing him to Ben Simmons a little bit early in his career. Hopefully he's better than Ben Simmons long-term, knock on wood. Um, other people, like our boy TSR, have compared him to Scottie Pippen, and Scottie Pippen's point forward kind of being the originator at that spot. Um, <clears throat> but if it's not him at the point, Maybe Devin at the point. Like, I, I think the, what I'm really asking here is if it's not Trey going to the bench, who? Because I don't think that's a question. Um, Yeah, I don't really think that's a think question. I, I mean, it would be Zach. That would be the only one if you wanted to start Trey. And that's my other lineup that I have, which is Trey Jones, Devin Vassell, Kelvin Johnson, Jeremy Sohan, and Victor Wembanyama. Mm-hmm. So that's the – and yeah – I mean, I just, I, I really don't see it. I, I Now, I will say that Hanova's comment here, Good just point. saying that Sohan Good won sixth man of the year at Baylor, and he was just compared to Manu. So sure. that ties in as well. Kind of beats my own argument there. Um, uh, was made to come off the bench and affect the game, same as Manu. So I I understand that, but I just don't think that that's, like, when even when Pop said that, I think he's going to be a starting caliber player moving forward. I think he started as a rookie, and I know that it's a little bit different. But with the point guard comments and and that, I, I would be very surprised if he came off the bench. I wouldn't hate it, but but I would be very surprised. Yeah, and the important thing to remember that we're all forgetting is with the, all the excitement of Wembenyama coming to the team, we're still, like you said, going to be definitely sub-40 wins next year probably mid thirties, mm-hmm. you know, fighting for that 10 spot. The, if the all. magic, uh, and I know bank that you could say that there's a gap between bank and Wimbanyama, although I don't think that it's all that huge as, although I still believe in Wimbanyama. I, okay. That might be a little bit premature to say, but as of right now, I don't think that it's like, we can't say that it's the most giant thing until we see Wembenyama in the league. That's another discussion. Yeah. But the point is they had the number one pick last year and went 34 and 48. And they kind of have a lot of surrounding talent of other, you know, picks like Devin Vassell, uh, Keldon Johnson, and and all the young guys that we kind of had on the roster. Obviously, their version of that is Cole Anthony, RJ Hampton, you know, Franz mm-hmm. Wagner, Jonathan Isaac, uh, Mo Wagner, etc. Yeah. But yeah. The, the point I was trying to similar get there, situation. Yeah, sorry, sorry to no, cut no, you no, off. No, you're fine. But I, I was leading to 
how many games is Wimby gonna really gonna play next year? Like probably we're not sure yet. Fifty to sixty. Yeah. Maybe. And and barring injury, I just think that the Spurs will probably play this slow. And this is another thing they were talking about on Howdy Partners podcast. I also listened to the same one. And that's probably very accurate. And if that's the case, we're going to see a lot of different lineups and just the two or three that we're talking about right now. Pop very true. Weird Think about this year. Yeah, exactly. And I know it's different, but still, it's not like we're contending next season. Exactly. Exactly. And I don't have a problem with that. And we've seen Oklahoma City they had Chet Holmgren. They, I mean, I know he was hurt, but they sat him for an entire year. He probably didn't need to really sit for the entire year, but they were kind of trying to get a higher pick. Uh, it's possible the Spurs do kind of the same thing this year that we did last year. I know we don't really want that, especially with season ticket <laughs> season ticket purchases going through the roof right now and fans being as excited as they are. But we could very well be in a very similar spot next season, and I think we just need to kind of temper excitement a little bit and you know stay grounded because that it's a very real possibility yeah yeah for sure um but the still the main thing is like you this is a it's not you know okay now we're gonna win the championship this next season it's in the future because of you know just the enigma of a prospect he is nike's promoting him as a supernova like y'all get what i'm saying so but i did have one more lineup ethan that i think potentially could be the case this is the only other thing i think could happen um unless like you said pop just throws out something that none of us expect which could be a possibility but malachi at the point devin keldon sohan wembenyama so not really too different it's just starting malachi um if they and i think I mean, we saw that a little bit last year. And I also yeah. think that, that that's an interesting thought with shooting as well. Because, you know, Wembenyama went one for two in that playoff game, but that was his first three he had made in a while. I still think the potential on his jump shot and eventually becoming... I mean, if you go watch the G League Ignite tape, I think his, I think his shot's going to translate just fine in the two games he played against them. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's not perfect yet. It's still a work in progress. He's still 19 years old. And, he, you know, that's still got some work to do down the line um so i think if that's something that they feel a little bit concerned with because you know we saw Keldon can be as much as i still think his three-point shot improved last season we saw him go cold at sometimes this season and sohan's not a reliable three-point shooter yet um yeah. and if you have trey in that starting lineup you know what i'm saying like the, if, if Keldon's having a bad day then you really got four and, and wemby's having a bad day like you really got four non-shooters in the lineup you're just left with devin um, so, and also just with uh, his season is being overshadowed by Sohan. And mm-hmm. then when you add the Wemby thing, he's just way more, you know, down the drain. I just knocked over something there, oh, you're uh, doing some hand gestures here. But <laughs> anyways, the point is Malachi, like he still has, I mean, who knows what he could be? He's just turning. I mean, I don't know if it's been his birthday yet, but he's going to be 20 going into next season. And yeah. we saw him improve tremendously last year. And especially if they're like, if, if, maybe the development say Blake has a bad summer league and you know is still just kind of a you know a, really to a, an Austin Spur next season that could mm-hmm. even increase that possibility as well now maybe none of this happens I'm still on the Sohan at point train that's what I would do probably if you wanted to bet on the most realistic it's probably Trey Devin Keldon Sohan Wembenyama mm-hmm. but especially if that if they don't like the shooting I, I think that there's a real argument for that I could see that. I could see that for sure. And you're right. Malachi had a very under-the-radar improvement last year that's overshadowed by everything and now is even more overshadowed by the number one pick coming in to the team. Um, the only counter-argument I would have for not no, putting him please. at the point guard is 
coming off the bench, he is that immediate spark plug. And he's so important the main to the identity of that bench mob. Like he comes in, what? what no, keep that? going, keep going. Oh, I just have a, I have a counter argument to this. Actually. Okay, all right. But go ahead. He comes in and he's immediately both a ball handler and an off-ball shooter. He can space the floor, sit in the corner, come off screens, cut, and he can, you know, facilitate and make create his own shot. I could argue other than Devin, he might be the second best shot creator for himself on the team. Actually, I don't even think that's a, a, that there's an argument there. I think he is the be- the second best shot creator on the mm-hmm. team. Yeah, because Keldon, like, while Keldon is a better scorer than Malachi as of right now, it's not his, you know, off the dribble moves. It's his big body nickname. Like, it's him yes. bullying people. He's getting into the paint. When it comes to a straight up bag, I think definitely it's Malachi after Devin. And, and this is after his rookie season. Like, yes. and I know that it was a 22 and 60 team, but like, Anyways, he's yeah. somebody, remember, but we'll go back. He was supposed to be a lottery pick, and we got him at 20. Very interesting to see what he does. And he's one of the only guys as well, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I follow all these dudes on social media, and for the most part, especially the young guys, they post when they're in the gym, you know, getting that work mm-hmm. in, picture of their sneakers. He's been kind of radio silent, other than like liking other people's stuff and commenting on the Spurs posts, you know. But I really haven't seen that much you know, boosting his own profile in a way. So to me, that's even, that's better. I would, I like that because in my eyes, that means he's privately working, you know, and really hitting his nose to the grindstone. Um, talking about, the, you, you were talking about Malachi there? Yeah, Malachi. I got yeah. a little. No, you're fine. Yeah, Malachi. But yes, okay. Yeah, no, that, I, I love that because he, <laughs> he's just, he's like, okay, I was already overlooked, even though I, I mean the Spurs yeah. aren't overlooking him. They know what they have, but I I mean that just embodies the Spurs, honestly. And yeah. and you know, this is just making me think about his ties, you know, with with um with LeBron. Not saying he's going to be LeBron, but just being the only other like player really to get to the NBA and and go to a you know a high level college like Ohio State out of that school. So mm. there, there's a lot of, you know, Malachi is definitely somebody who he's he probably feels like he's being slept on a little bit, and rightfully so. But what but, was your corner argument? Yes. So here's the the thing. In that lineup, Zach is on the bench. Mm. You see what I'm saying? So yeah. like now I, I still agree with you. I still think like I would like to see Malachi off the bench just because I think that that would um, like when it comes to overall lineups, that's why I prefer the the other two. You could or maybe not the other two, but the Sohan lineup specifically. Um, but in this lineup, I think Zach could make up for that scoring load. And the other thing is what I put down is obviously Trey would be the backup point if he's not starting, right? And he would be the main six man too. I don't think he's going to necessarily make up for the scoring load. But you can play Champagne and Doug. But if Blake Ooh. takes that next step, maybe, I mean, Blake's 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, he's a combo yeah. guard. He came in as a combo guard and really he was more of a scorer at Notre Dame. This year they were trying to develop all those point guard habits. He could play the 2-2 two, two if you know, he has, I mentioned, you know, maybe he has a bad summer league, but if he really takes a jump this year, he's Mm. still 20 years old. Maybe he ends up being the two there, but obviously that's a very specific scenario if Malachi ends up being the point, but that was just the only other like feasible thing I could think of. That's a good point. I like realistic. I didn't think about Doug and Champagne playing together and and Zach Collins on the bench as well. Cause that immediately Trey Champagne, Doug, KBD, Zach. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't think about that. That's also, I mean, that's ver- that's versatile, and you got Lengthy shooters. Lineup too. You got shooters. You got a low post threat, and you got a, p- a point guard that can get them all the ball where they like it. So, 
feel that like I'm, I'm talking myself into this more. It makes sense, but you know, we, then Malachi we needs to be on the bench, though. Not yeah. not because not because he's not a starting caliber player, but just because we like you said that the best shot creator on the team just individually with handles unless i mean we'll see with victor um yep, maybe maybe he comes in you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. uh, but it's devin so you want to even that out and have both of that in your starting and your bench unit mm-hmm. you know you could that's why you'd want malachi there agreed agreed but and then we come back to the thing where you know i think alia or alia i'm sorry if i'm pronouncing your name wrong but she brings up a good point wemby isn't a five you know he's seven foot three seven foot four but I would rather play him at the four. Me too. And I think playing him next to Zach Collins would only help him a lot because Zach would take all the beatings for him. He would protect him. Zach and Jeremy are going to get into a lot of fights this next season. I'm calling it right now because they're going to have. <laughs> they you already so- do. They already do. <laughs> they did now this they have, year. <laughs> now they have a number one pick, Jude. That is, uh, I mean, knock on wood, could be fragile. He's he's thinner. He's foreign. He's coming over from France. He's young, and people are going to try and pick on him because of his because of his size. You know, bigger guys will bully him. They'll push him around. The Morris twins, I'm sure, will get their wax in at him. And here we got Jeremy Sohan and Zach Collins, who are not going to they're not going to live. They're not going to stand up for that. You know what I mean? So that'll be interesting dynamic to watch as well. Oh yeah, and and especially with all all that talk that uh, yeah. old boy Jeremy's been talking, it's gonna be Ooh. it'll be a fun year. But I I love it. I love it. I love because but it that's the other thing. You know, going back to the Howdy Partners podcast, that's the thing that that Kirk Goldsberry was talking about when it comes to his evaluation. So obviously you have the comments from Pop, and mm-hmm. that ties into what he said. He said the thing about Sohan is not just his potential on the court. But between the ears is the yes. way he described it. He's wired different. And I completely agree because people in his position aren't tweeting that type of stuff, bro. Like, I think that's a perfect example of how he's wired different, differently. But I yeah. like that he's not afraid of anybody and he's not going to take anything. And yeah, it, it, yeah. It, and also that it's just it also kind of all of it, even though the Spurs aren't um the type of, you know, team to kind of promote that, like talking trash and stuff like that. I would say that the way that Sohan does it, yeah, like is if the Spurs were gonna do it, that's how it would be. Does that make sense? No, you're completely right. Because I was trying to think of a what separates him from him, uh, from Dylan Brooks and guys like that is it's not it's there's two things. One, he's not really trying to boost his own profile, and, and he's still and, twenty. Yeah, he's still twenty, and <laughs> he's kind of, it's, it's almost like he's just like teasing, like it's it's cheeky, like he said on draft night. He's just having fun, like it's playful. You know, I feel like he would say this to LeBron's face as a, as a joke, and LeBron yeah. would probably like laugh and maybe push him away and whatever. But like, it's not meant to be disrespectful. Yeah, means. like he him putting the quotes on yeah. King, King was obviously to get all the Lakers fans yes. in his replies. Like, which is yeah, right, exactly. I'm sorry, Duke. I'm, you talk for two minutes. I got to use the restroom really oh, bad, good. so I'm gonna good, pull, take my camera off for a sec. You're good, BRB. brother. Alrighty, chat. Thank y'all for hanging out with us for this first 30 minutes of chat. I know y'all got, there's a lot of disagreements here, but we appreciate you guys being in here and sharing your opinions and, and debating and all that good stuff. Um, man, it's just been kind of a whirlwind since Tuesday when the Spurs won the draft lottery. I mean, the moment I, the, 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 I've seen so many memes, whether it's, you know, the, the Charlotte Hornets, being up on the screen that's a, that's something I'll never forget. I'm going to be thankful for LaMelo and uh and Jordan for forever. And what a think about that from the Hornets perspective. Like if you're Michael Jordan and you're about to sell the franchise, 
And it's like, this is the draft with one of the most generational players ever. You know, all scouts are saying, like I said earlier, you know, Nike's already promoting him as a supernova. They were handing out hats saying Wemby with an alien next to it in France when Brian Brynhorst was out there reporting on it uh, whenever the, the the draft lottery was happening. Um, and then it's like, and if and you don't, and the Spurs come in once again, and they end up stealing the number one pick. If I was Michael Jordan, I would be so mad because the difference in the amount of money that he could have sold the franchise for with Wembenyama versus without Wembenyama is a, a big chunk of cash. And I know that Michael Jordan isn't somebody who's uh, you know, fiending for money. That's for sure. But I was just talking about uh, how mad michael jordan probably was that they got the second pick because he's about to sell the franchise and imagine how much money he would have gotten dude if he would have had Wembenyama. so hurt so bad poor mj ethan how are you feeling i know you're talking about staying grounded earlier and i completely Mm -hmm. agree with that but what are what are your other thoughts that was another thing i was saying you know while you were gone i was just talking about how it's been a whirlwind kind of since last tuesday uh not only in the sense of our channel but just even me as a fan internally i'm like oh my gosh you know, like even watching the game, it's like, okay, there's some things that, you know, maybe could concern me, but I don't want to overblow them in my head because I know what all the scouts are saying. You kind of get yeah. the vibe that that I'm feeling here. I do completely. And while I say stay grounded, I'm also extremely excited. Like, don't get right. me wrong. Like, I am beyond excited to see him play. And more so than that, I feel so bad for Kelvin and Devin because I feel like they're being so disrespected right now by a lot of people, including Spurs fans at yeah. some, some level. Like, I know that they're not, at this point, all-stars. But Keldon averaged 20 last year. Devin, when he was playing like consistently, he was averaging basically 20 as well. I think he averaged 18, but he proved yeah. he can have he can 20 have a night. 20. Yeah, He can average 20, especially late in the year when he was finally coming back from injury and, and kind of getting that rust off. Um, His knee wasn't sore chronically anymore. (laughs) Yes. And and for those of you that don't agree with me, go watch the highlights from the Atlanta Hawks game in March. I was there for that game and he was on. Go to jazz game. Jazz game too. I think I was there for that one as well. Yes, you were. (laughs) I'm just, he showed out. No, Devin sees Ethan in the stands. He's like, I'm going, I'm going Kobe. He must be a big Harry Potter fan. Um, (laughs) (laughs) He's a huge Harry Potter fan. I love it. Big Harry Potter guy. Devin Vassell. For sure. For sure. Um, but what I was saying is those guys are going to play a lot better next to Wimbanyama. And I think, you know, you can argue if you want about, are they a second or third option on a championship team? Right. Maybe third and fourth. I don't know if we necessarily have our second best option, um, but they're definitely good players. And we're about to find out exactly how good they are. That's what I'm saying, dude. They didn't pay Keldon 20 million for nothing. Yeah. Even if they end up moving, to, like even if down the line, you know, they decide we want to pay Sohan and Devin, yeah. you know, and, and save the rest of the money for Wembenyama whenever we have to give him the biggest contract in NBA history. Yeah. <laughs> if everything works out, let's think about that right now. I didn't even, that's the first time I've no, really right. thought about that. Oh my Lord. That'll be, that'll be interesting. But, it, like they didn't pay him 20 million for nothing like i feel like they believe he's got to have at least all-star potential you don't pay somebody that much if you don't and if you watched and i'm not saying this season i'm saying eventually eventually yeah, yeah. and if you watched if you watched the highlight not that not the highlights if you watched consistently the season last year i know it was difficult at times because we were losing so many games but you and i watched what do you think 70 games at least minimum? 60 yeah 60 to 70 i'd say and yeah keldon johnson played a majority of them 
I know Devin was hurt for a lot of them as well, but he was the reason we were winning a lot of those games. I mean, 22 games, but he, he was keeping us afloat. No, dude, I made that same point. Like at the, after the Austin game, dude, that was exactly what happened in that game. And it was like, Mm -hmm. yes, it's only 22 games, but still the ones that we won, man, it was because of him. And a lot of the ones that were close that we ended up losing. The reason we were in it was because of his fourth quarter specifically. There would be so many games where he'd have 15, 12, 13, not playing that great, but in the fourth quarter, it didn't matter how. It might have not even been the prettiest. It might just be getting to the free throw line. Yeah. But by the end, he would have 20, man. And that's why he averaged 22 this year. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. He, I mean, he improved in so many areas, especially offensively during the season and going into the season. I feel like he just had a different kind. Not a bag necessarily, but he had more options at his disposal as far as scoring the ball. And if you want to point at some inefficiency, sure, maybe. But – at the same time, like we're all like we've been saying, he was literally by himself for maybe fifty games this year. So <laughs> that's the crazy thing, man. He was playing with like think about it. Like if Devin had to do that, it would have been the same thing. Yeah, you know, if it was been. if it was flipped in the inverse and and Kelvin was the one out for that long. And on the rare occasion late in the year, we had Trey, Devin, Kelvin, Sohan, Zach, and Malachi coming off the bench with Dougie. And Mamu, like we had some really solid games. Think back of the Denver game where Zach got ejected for trying to square up with Michael Porter Jr. Mm-hmm. We ended up winning that game. A lot of I was there for that one. Mamu. You were there for that one. Mamu went crazy. Me but that's and a really bro, big win. We're 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 the magic charm, man. Apparently that's what we are. There are only twenty two wins this year, bro. And 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 like I was two and one this year. And I mean the Alamo Dome was kind of still a win anyway. Like, we weren't going in that thinking we were going to win. It's like, let's just have a party in the Alamo Dome right now. And I got to watch yeah. Steph Curry warm up. Anyways, incredible. Yeah. So, to summarize, I'm a big <laughs> fan of Kelvin Johnson. I don't believe he gets he's getting nearly as many roses as he should. Yes, um, both of them. Devin as well, yes. And I'm extremely excited. to Those two almost together, more so excited to see them with Wemby than I am to just see Wemby. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm excited to see what Wemby we, does. We didn't really them. get to see them on the court together that much. Not that much. Yeah. Last season, like it was very, you know, maybe like 20, 30 games, maybe. Mm-hmm. Like 30 is probably a stretch. It's probably more like 20. So, because a lot of times we wouldn't play them together because we were tanking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and if so, you're in the arena, I don't know how many of the people in the comments that went to a, a live game this year, but his energy kept the arena alive. Like, had it not Dude. been for Keldon, it would have been a dismal year in that arena. And it wasn't just in San Antonio. He did it in Austin, mm-hmm. too. Yep. And that was when it was sold out. And, I mean, it was just like, because, it, you know, the stadium's a little bit smaller, it was just like, rah. And I just remember when, like, Keldon came back in and had 12 and then had 24 by the end of the game. So he came in and scored, you know, in the fourth quarter, the total he'd scored the first three quarters like when he just erupted in a scream and the whole place went crazy after thinking we were going to lose to this trailblazers team that's like the it's finally a team that we can play that's like playing players like us that was such a like it was it was so hype man and and then the way that he was talking to everybody afterwards i mean kelden kelden's energy is infectious for sure he is san antonio like through and through, he is San Antonio, and I'm excited for him. And I, I, I Leah just put the stat up for us. Um, Jeremy, Devin, and Kelvin only played 19 games together last year. I'm curious yeah. how many of those were wins. Right, right. I don't, I don't actually know, but and now you add Wemby to that. For sure, for sure. I saw some stuff in the chat there, and I don't know. I'm not sure 
This is see if if this has something else in the actual YouTube <laughs> chat, <laughs> that's why I was a little thrown off there. I'm sorry, but this is how we see it on our end. But mm. anything else, Ethan? Any any other thoughts you got, man? Uh no, not really, man. I'm I'm just excited. And sure, point guard play is something that we will need to address eventually. If especially if Blake Wesley doesn't work out, knock on wood. I'm hoping that he does. Um, but for now, Trey Jones looks like our, our only natural point guard, and we're going to have to fill in the rest. But I'm not too super worried about that because now that I think about it, Jude, we've really never been a point a dominant point guard team. Like I know TP was a great point guard for his era, but especially when I really started getting into the, the Spurs, like 2011 forward, like we were uh, win by committee. Like playmake by committee. Everybody had like four assists a game. Like it wasn't one guy getting twelve, everybody else getting two. So that's probably Definitely. where we're gonna eventually mean back out to. Yeah. For now. Yeah. Lots of stuff. Lots of stuff, Ethan. Lots of stuff to think about. And you know, there was a lot of stuff contract wise that we didn't even get into oh, with yeah. this. You know, we kind of really um we, we just assumed we're, that Trey and KBD are coming back, but there could be a world where both of them don't come back. Yeah. Um, KBD uh, is an unrestricted free agent, although I, I feel very confident in him. I almost think it's more likely that Trey would get moved, especially if moving so hand to the point is what they want to end up doing. Um, but and, and I saw Jeff Garcia, Jeff G Spurs zone. He made a podcast about Trey Jones's future with the Spurs kind of thinking about you know just with the Wemby move and specifically if that playing him at the four moves Jeremy to the point like I was just kind of referencing there's I don't know he he has some intel so definitely him talking about it kind of caught my eye Mm. um I'm paying Trey Jones sorry go ahead no you're good I like Trey Jones I like Trey Jones as I do think on a championship team he's a backup but I feel like he would be a great I mean like I want to use him like Tyus like we want to compensate you know what I'm saying yeah so, and he's consistently lived up to our expectations. I know not many people had <laughs> expectations go- when we drafted him, but I remember, I still remember those of you that are new here. We appreciate you being here, but go watch our podcast from when Trey Jones was a rookie. We were talking about his summer league play and his G league play. And we were like, bro, this guy's got some game. And I think I tweeted out like in 2018 or 19, like everybody go watch Trey Jones or when did we draft him? 20? It was the 2019, Devin draft. 2018. That's 2018. I don't remember. Whenever we drafted him. That was 2018. Tw- Devin, Devin and Trey were 2018. Tweeting out about him being like really underrated. Right. And he's proved us completely right. I don't remember when he was drafted. It doesn't matter. But <laughs> he's a solid backup and he's consistently proved me correct. So I'm hoping that he'll continue to do so. Yeah. Yeah. There was something else I was going to tra- say about Trey when I got into it, but I'm, I'm losing my train of thought here. So. Your train, my train of thought. Oh my gosh! On that Trey train. Now I feel like I gotta, I gotta think of it. I don't know. I like Trey Jones. Um, it would be sad if he ended up getting moved. Um, I think he's a, a really solid point guard to have on your roster. Agreed. And maybe he can, you know, if he can take a step forward with his jump shot, you know, maybe he can become a starting caliber player. Um. But I, but, but as of right now, I I would say that I feel like probably a ceiling is, is a, you know, like Tyus basically. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. So it was 2020. So we were both off. We were both big off. Thank y'all in the comments. (laughs) We appreciate you guys. Yeah. When I said that, I was like, I think Keldon might've been 28. Yeah. I saw 18 was Lonnie. Oh my gosh. 19 was Luca and I'm thinking they're like, 
their classes. Like Keldon was a 2018 high school grad uh, and then it was great. That's what I was. And then 2019 was Trey. Well, Trey wasn't, a, he played two years in college and so did Devin. So actually they were the same. Great. Nah, whatever it is. Whatever it is. <laughs> They're all the same age. Anyway. Yeah, pretty much. Well, Ethan, I'm trying to think of other stuff to say, but I don't really have anything to be honest, other than the fact that we've talked about these lineups Really, it all depends on what the Spurs front office decides. Maybe we should have just said that and stopped the podcast to start. Make it a three-minute podcast. (laughs) Just kidding. Major just kidding. No, fair point. All righty. Well, we appreciate all of you guys being in here today. Don't forget to hit that like button and subscribe below. If you want to stay updated with the show, follow us on Twitter. You can watch us there at SSPN on YT, at Chief McLaren, and at Ethan underscore Quintero. 52 of you guys in here to end this tonight. This is probably one of our biggest streams that we've had in a while. Um, and we appreciate all of you guys coming and hanging out with us tonight. We appreciate y'all. We'll catch y'all in the next one. Go Spurs, go.